0: the line that keeps playing in my head is at the end of frozen 2 um when you know all has ended well because it's a disney movie right. um you have olaf the snowman who who says you know i still because at the beginning of going into the big journey he had said i really think this will be a transformational journey and at the Mm -hmm. end of it when the journey is over he says well i still don't know if i know what transformation means but i think we all changed for the better
1: Uh
0: is his line and i think that that's the kind of growth that can happen in the wilderness is it's a growth that we might not even notice is happening in us, but it can change us immensely for the better.
2: Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel.
0: I'm Pastor Melissa.
2: And I'm just Kiefer. And today on the podcast, we culminate this series of conversations looking at the experience of wilderness. For those of you who've been with us on the journey, you know that we have laid out the the role and place of complaint and meltdown, provision and discipline along the way. And today we get to what is the fifth stage. And and can be the final stage if we're going in a super linear manner, but is often also just a one of the other phases on the journey. Uh, the stage of growth, a growth that may be, you know, sort of the, pen, the ultimate place of our growing, but also is a place where we spend time on the journey and then go forward. Today, last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the development of discipline and the importance of of consistent, faithful action, and today we're going to talk about what happens when when that action turns into a new reality. When we talk about growth, what is the most surprising thing about growth in a season of wilderness for you, Melissa, that that um, people are often prone to overlook?
0: Yeah, that it can happen. Like, just, <laughs> period. Like, I mean, seriously. <laughs> You know, because like we, you know, we've been basing this conversation off of um, a book, The Land Between by Jeff Manion. And, you know, he's the reason why, like, we're talking about growth, because in his book, he includes growth. But I think if you had been like, hey, Melissa, will you write us some scopes for like what we can talk about in a wilderness season? I don't know if I would have reached growth. Mm. (laughs) But I think it's a powerful, like, that's the beauty of like bringing other conversation pieces in is that it expands um the what you would talk about and really after thinking about it and spending some time with it it's like wow like there you can grow like there are crops that do grow in the desert in the wilderness places
2: yeah the the ultimate goal of wilderness is not survival but thriving right and and how can we i mean and how can we cultivate both of them? I think that is a foundational and important thing to remember that. Um, and it doesn't come naturally to us, right? Because our focus, uh, is so much on, can we get there? Right. If we think about the people of Israel, right on their Exodus journey, it's like the goal is what get to the promised land.
0: Get to the promised land. It's not a the wilderness. (laughs) No,
2: it's not about how can we know and trust God more fully in this wilderness journey? No, it's let's get to the end goal. And and we tend to be fairly linear thinkers that way, too. We tend to have a goal and push for it and and can lose, if we're not careful, the opportunities to thrive in the journey to it.
0: And we miss the whole story, because if we think about the Israelite story like the whole story isn't about the promised land. It's actually about the journey in the wilderness.
2: Mm. Yeah. We've, we've been talking in our worship series, uh, nailing down these same themes of wilderness, that truth is revealed in the wilderness truth about who God is and truth about who we are. Right. And if we just skip ahead to the promised land, we miss so many of those revelations right. about us and about who God is all along the way. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is an important, thing we, we so want to get to the end of the journey that we can miss what is happening along the way I, I know we can all name different moments in our lives where we've longed to get to the culmination of the journey right, right? I can't tell you how many college students I've talked to who you know, are looking forward to, well, first to get to college, right? And so you push through that last year, year and a half of high school to just get there because that'll be the day when things are good and people are happy and joy comes to life, right? You'll find meaning and purpose. And then when you get to your junior or senior year of college, it's like, if I can just get to graduation, then things will be good. Or, I mean, seminary students are just as bad about this, right? If we can get past the credo and and to graduation and then we'll be good. Or if you're in the ordination process in the Methodist church, if we can (laughs) just get commissioned or if you can just get ordained and not have to write thousands upon thousands of pages of papers over and over again, that nobody actually reads actually having sat on the, uh, at least the district level um, board or Committee on Ordained Ministry, people do read them, I promise, but it feels like nobody's going to read this when you're writing it. That impulse lives it. It's lived at every stage of my life, right? And I can name any number of moments where it's been, you know, I've gotten to there to the culmination of the journey, to the moment of achievement, to the moment of that should feel like, oh, this is holy and magical and, and amazing. And it's been
0: good. But it feels cheapened if we we skip over the whole work to get to it.
2: Yeah. And the most lasting piece, when I think about my ordination process, right, the most lasting piece of that journey is not, well, I mean, I guess it is the fact that I got ordained. But (laughs) the most transformational piece is the relationships that were developed along the way, right? Those soul friends that you've heard us talk about over and over again, the people who show up and bring um, power and meaning in life's hardest moments, half of those for me were developed in that process. Yeah. Some of my deepest friendships to this day are people that I went through that journey with. And if it was all about the end, then I would have missed the place of those relationships in my life today. Right. I would check, have the authorization to be a pastor in the church that I serve, which is fantastic. But as an individual, I would have missed all that they have invested in me and all that, we have shared over this time, um,
0: places where you serve would be less for it because they want to get the benefit of who you've become because of those friendships,
2: right? Where have y'all seen those places in your life where that temptation to skip ahead and get to the end of the journey, um, has, has showed up.
0: (laughs) When do we, when do I not experience that? That's always (laughs) the temptation. I'm so future oriented. Um, that the challenge for me is to constantly, I know I like, this is my thing that like people get sick of like, yes, Melissa, we know you care about presence, but it's because I'm really preaching to the choir. It's really because I need to remember that. And the choir is you. And the choir is me. Yes. uh, I, I need to be present in this moment because if I just look to the future, um, you know, every mate, like you've already kind of named every major stage of life it can easily become that. And sometimes I've fallen into that temptation and other times I've had the presence of mind to not fall into it. And then it becomes Mm. more holy. It becomes more special, whatever that transition point is.
2: Yeah. I'd wonder when you look forward and Kiefer, you know, you and Melissa are kind of wired in similar ways, right? You're forward thinking sevens who, who live for the, and it's an interesting contradiction, right? You live for the experience. But you're also looking forward, right It's an interesting place to to kind of be,
1: yeah, um, because you're constantly in this place of like I'm in this situation because I live to to experience this like if I'm I don't know going to to like a certain place like i'm checking checking a place off of my bucket list in the world, I'm there because I previously was living forward and then i'm mm. there thinking you know about the next thing i'm gonna do like i'm not actually mm. experiencing the thing. yeah so it isn't it's it is a weird uh, space to be in and it's hard for me to get out of that sometimes
0: mm. i actually so a prime example of this for me where like i fell in real hard was when i got to go to harry potter world which was a bucket list place for me. And I fell into every Pinterest hole of like, you need to try this, you need to do this. There's this hidden thing here. Like I like had it all memorized and I was gonna do it all. And the day of, as we got ready to like enter the park and stuff, I found myself realizing like, no, I'm living more out of the Pinterest world Mm-hmm. than like actually being here. And thankfully like, and I think a big part of grace in the midst of this was the fact that my little sister was on the trip with me. And one of the things she had loved growing up was Transformers. And so as we're walking to Harry Potter world, you actually passed the big Transformer ride and we were there right, you know, when the park mm-hmm. opened. So there was no line. So I actually turned to her and said, do you want to ride this ride? And she had said, like, cause, before it, I had been so adamant, like we might do nothing else. If you abandon me, I do not care. Like I'm doing Harry Potter world. I'm not here for any of this other nonsense. What you
2: want does not matter. Yes. Right.
0: But in that moment I said, do you want to ride this? And she said back to me, like, I thought we had to do Harry Potter first and everything. And I said, there's no line. Harry Potter world will still be there. And it changed my mentality at that point to being present in the moment. Um, And I think that's the trick with the wilderness too, is that we do have to find those ways to not look for, well, when do we get out of the wilderness? Well, with COVID-19, we don't know when that ends. We don't have a control over when that wilderness journey ends. And if we keep just looking for moving dates, right? Because those dates continue to move, like we've talked about on here multiple times that we thought, we laughed about in two weeks we'll be back and this will be like you know a thing of the past right? the economy will
1: be resurrected on on uh, easter yeah i remember that right.
0: yeah that um then we will we will never get to the growth stage of mm. what can happen in the wilderness if we're just looking for when we get out of the wilderness
2: Well, so often what happens when we think of the interperson, when we think of moving to the next thing, right, getting through as fast as possible, on an interpersonal level, part of what gets lost is the relationships, right? When I think about the times in life where I have pushed forward the quickest to whatever the next thing is, whether it's a professional goal, whether it's getting through school, whatever it is, the thing that gets lost is the the relationships because relationships take time; they take sacrifice right? Melissa, it's the, if, if you skip ahead just to Harry Potter world and skip transformers, I mean, that's a relationship choice you've made for the care of your sister. Right. And and so I guess it makes sense in season of wilderness then that we often don't experience growth because we're so focused on looking beyond it to how can we get out of this, that we miss the relationship, not just interpersonally with the people, um, who surround us, but with the holy, with God, with the the triune God who lives and breathes and, and works within us because we're so focused on controlling the things we can control to get beyond where we are that we miss those invitations to relationship, right? Because some of those practices and disciplines we talked about last week, right? The praying, the meditating, this, you know, you got to take time for that. You got to do that on purpose. Yeah. Um, and if your soul focus is getting out of this you're likely not gonna take the detour to transformers or to prayer or to meditation right you just yeah. because it's so and and in that kind of mindset surviving becomes the the end goal rather than thriving
1: yeah
0: right. i think the you know the story that i think of when it comes to the bible about like where do we see growth in the wilderness is I actually think about Christ going Mm. into the wilderness. Um, Christ wasn't looking for like, how long is this period going to be? Like, we know that because we know the end of the story was 40 days, but I don't think Christ went in going, I'm going into the wilderness for 40 days. But the thing that like, the reason why I say that, um, that there must've been growth for even Christ on earth um in the wilderness is because when he came out he start he was then ready to start his ministry he immediately Mm -hmm. starts his ministry after a wilderness season right and so i think that you know i don't think you come out i don't think anyone comes out of the wilderness season and is ready to launch the next biggest greatest thing that there's ever been unless there's been growth that has Mm -hmm. happened
1: right no
0: um, I can't help but think of so I recently re-watched Frozen 2. Okay. And I watched the whole season of the making of Frozen 2 that's on Disney Plus. Um, totally recommend it. I love uh, those things. Yeah, so good. But, anyways, <laughs> uh the, the line that keeps playing in my head is at the end of Frozen 2. Um, When, you know, all has ended well, because it's a Disney movie, Um, you have Olaf, the snowman who who says, you know, I still, because at the beginning of going into the big journey, he had said, I really think this will be a transformational journey. And at the Mm -hmm. end of it, when the journey is over, he says, well, I still don't know if I know what transformation means, but I think we all changed for the better. Um, is his line. And I think that that's the kind of growth that can happen in the wilderness is it it's a growth that we might not even notice is happening in us but it can change us immensely for the better. Yeah. And I think it goes back it goes back to the discipline conversation that we talked about last week of if we don't have the discipline we're not going we're not getting to the transformation.
2: Mm. So on a similar front, my wife's a educator and gifted and talented education was one of the things that she specialized in. Um, and, And one of the things that they as educators seek to provide for gifted and talented young people, right? Whether it's in junior high or elementary school or high school is opportunities to fail. Like one of the things that they try to do is make the curriculum hard enough so that the kid has to go through a wilderness thing so that they can develop the tools to respond to that wilderness in their education, and and that's just in an education sphere, but it is a thing where you don't want a kid getting out into the world having skimmed through school and make it to age thirty before they fail at anything that is important to them because they have not been challenged enough along the way, right? Because you can't develop those habits without it, and the yeah. same thing applies in, in our life as a holistic individual walking with God, right? Is that if if we never you know, fully acknowledge the presence of wilderness and then allow it to shape and transform us, we miss out on so much. Yeah. Um, I wonder what happens. um, Sometimes we're going through a wilderness, but we don't want to actually name it and acknowledge it. (laughs) That Um, never happens. No, never, never.
0: (laughs) Um, Because (laughs) right.
2: Well, and, and part of it is there, there, it feels like there is a way of protecting ourselves. Like if we never name the pain that we're going through, we never name the disruption in life. If we never acknowledge its presence, then it may not be there. It may not be a thing. If we avoid the pain, then it's not pain, is it? Well, eh, maybe, maybe not. Um, it, it actually is, and it actually is real, and it, and it. But we take away the power to to have it be a growth moment. We take away the power when we don't acknowledge that it exists, uh, for the wilderness to be a place where transformation really happens. Um, and, and sometimes
1: says, we, I feel very called out by what you're saying. <laughs> this is all, I do that all the time. I'm king of what I'm fine. Like I'm great. I'm not even in the wilderness, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I, so and then I'm trying to figure out how that, like, what stage of wilderness that means I struggle with because, I I don't know. I guess that's pre-complaint. That's got right? It's got to be pre-complaint for me to go, I'm not even in the wilderness. I don't don't know what you're talking about. Nothing's wrong, you know?
0: Well, I don't think necessarily there. It means that you haven't reached to provision yet. Because I think we named in provision, there's Mm. the noticing and the embracing. Right. So you're somewhere in complaint or meltdown. (laughs) That's probably meltdown. That's not... Your meltdown is the not acknowledging it. (laughs) That's probably
1: my meltdown (laughs) where I just shut off any, uh, any uh, noticing that things are wrong. Yeah.
2: Well, and, but that is, that's a, I mean, Kiefer, you appreciate you acknowledging that, but it's not something that, you know, you are, you a a unique individual in, in doing that, right. As something that so many of us long to do because we don't want to have to, to, to fully acknowledge that pain because we fear what might come if because and it's tied to our mindset of wilderness is meant to be survived and it's not a place of thriving it's not a place of growth where realistically every place of wilderness that that I have gone through has been an invitation to growth right i'm not saying i've accepted the invitation in every one of those places of wilderness that it would be a fundamentally untrue thing to say um but some of the places of greatest growth in my life have been through seasons um, that either in the moment, a newer wilderness or looking back upon, I have reflected upon uh, their nature in wilderness. Mm. Uh, we use a lot of Enneagram kind of language around here. And if you don't know Enneagram, then we probably feels like we're talk- talking in code. Um, and so I'm sorry, but Google it, it's great <laughs> stuff. Um, it was in a season of wilderness that I discovered Enneagram, right? It was in a season of church planting, where, um, we did amazing things. God worked in powerful ways, but the thing that didn't ultimately end up happening was the exponential numerical growth that is needed to financially sustain a church plan. Right. Mm. We, we plateaued at somewhere between, you know, 40 and 80 people depending on the week. Um, and it fluctuated back and forth. And you know, the economics of it meant that our model of ministry was not sustainable. Um, but during that time, I was reading some stuff by Richard Rohr and his approach to Enneagram and, and how he named the Enneagram three punched me in the face.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it as I was sitting there reading his weekly email or his daily email or whatever it was, I found myself sitting in my computer beginning to cry.
1: He does that, yeah.
2: Because how he named the three... And, and sort of the, the spiritual lies that you have uh, bought into and placed value in and, and those kind of things were so hitting home in that season because the threat of failure was a wilderness place for me, right? Um, and yet now, five, six, seven years after the fact, I'm able to name and grow and own um, that portion of my identity and, and approach it from a wholly different space. And I feel like my understanding of myself and my understanding of how God is alive and at work in me and through me and different things. And my work with God is in a substantially different place than it was before that wilderness journey. Right. Um, and, and that one in in the wilderness that I said, yeah, let's go into this wilderness. I'm excited for this. I want to let, let's, you know, uh, put my heart soul and everything into this thing and have it not work the way we planned. Right. That was, you know, if you would ask me at 27, if that's what I wanted to do, I'd go, no, please God. No. Um, and yet through that wilderness growth has come, that has empowered, um, me to be kind of who I am today. And it's a growth that is not stopped, but is continuing, um, you know, kind of in pastoral ministry and as a dad, as a human being, as a husband on so many different levels. Um, but it took being in the wilderness. I don't think God said, I'm going to put Daniel in the wilderness right now so that seven years from now, he could name the area of growth this has been, right? But I think God worked in that wilderness. Uh, And I think that's an important thing to name as we encounter wilderness across the board. Um, We spend a lot of time talking about our free will and the choices that we make. Um, Saying that God will bring growth in the wilderness is very different than saying, God put you in the wilderness so that you might learn something
0: yeah it goes back to the images I think that we used of who God is like are we viewing God out of you know the the storylines that we hear over and over again in scriptures of a God of grace and of love and of presence that's gonna be there in the hardest of times and in the best of times and everything in between or are we viewing God as, as the spiteful Zeus? Mm. Um, and I think that when we have a more compassionate view of who God is, then I think we're better capable of accepting the compassion and grace God extends to us, even in these wilderness journeys, that I think does lead to the growth stage that we would mm. otherwise miss out on. Um, And never even think like at at the beginning of this podcast, as I stated, like, oh, this doesn't even, uh, the growth doesn't exist in the wilderness. (laughs) And instead, I think we, we reach the transformational growth that when our wilderness season does end, because even though we were clear to say, like, don't try and look for the date of the ending, but... I think all three of us on this would agree that there will be an end period to our wilderness season.
2: Yeah. Good Lord, Uh, Lord and the creek don't rise. Yes. Uh,
0: And when we, when we do finally reach that, um, that's going to be the stage that allows us to come out and say, and I began my ministry mm -hmm. and I began whatever it is. God's calling you to.
2: mm -hmm. Amen. As we, continue in this, I think that is an empowering invitation to make sure that that we know that this is not the end of it. Um, it will, it will come to an end. It may not be now, but it is coming and God is active and God is working. Um, one more note from scripture. When we look at, we've been talking about the Exodus story over time, right? And we look at Moses and we, we mentioned last time that he begins the journey with all of these moments with God where he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Right. He he becomes the the world's best excuse maker. And yet before they even get to the heart of their wilderness journey, he has exhibited profound growth. The guy who's talking to a burning bush saying, I can't is the man who stared down Pharaoh with (laughs) God's help. Right. Uh, and, And the man who led communities of people who were complaining over and over and over again right with god's help uh so this is not just us sitting here going happy clappy let's grow in the midst of um wilderness it is something that we see in scripture it's we see in jesus journey in the in the wilderness as well that empowers what is coming next and so uh we hope and pray that as you have encountered this journey of wilderness and as you continue to encounter this journey of wilderness that that it is something that you are open and looking for, what can happen next? How can this be a moment of growth for me? Where can I become more fully who God has created me to be and calling me to be next? Whether that's launching a new period of ministry, a new way of being as an individual and as a connected interpersonal person, um, we hope that this is an invitation to that kind of transformational growth that God is bringing in the midst of this. We thank you so much for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel.
0: I'm Pastor Melissa,
1: and I'm Just Kiefer. And if this is a conversation that you have enjoyed listening to, uh, this series has been one of my favorites uh, as we've been going. And if you've enjoyed it too, then uh, please do us a favor, like this episode, leave a comment or review based on what platform you're listening on, uh, and also share this episode on your social media, send it to your friends, um, emails, texts, you know, all of that kind of stuff. We want to bring as many people into this conversation uh, and the conversations to come as we move forward uh, that we can.
2: And now that we have gathered together this day, I want to give you an invitation to grow. And this week it is simple. I invite you to grow through a period of reflection. Think back on the wilderness journeys of your life and name for yourself and maybe for somebody you love, the ways that you have grown even in the midst of wilderness. And if you struggle to to name the ways that you have grown, invite somebody into that conversation with you because often you are growing in ways that you cannot see on your own. Invite somebody who knows you well, who loves you well, and who can help you see how even in the midst of whatever wilderness you are encountering, you are continuing to grow as a follower of God through Jesus
0: Christ. And now go, receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go from this place this week. Wherever you find yourself in the wilderness, may God inspire you with the blessed desert crop. May you notice it in a flower that has sprung up in your front yard and a butterfly that passes by or that gentle breeze of the holy spirit reminding you that no matter where you find yourself god is with you in the wilderness and beyond may you go in peace amen amen